we are excited to introduce to you Prophetic Edge, where we are going to be digging into the revelation of God's Word and what it looks like to walk in victory through the Word of God. Whenever God is ready to move in Scripture and bring victory to people, He always brings a fresh edge of revelation. As we talked about on the last episode, we talked about transition and in the house of Jethro, figuring out, learning what God is telling you to unlearn, figuring out new ways and new models in the house of God, in the mind of God, in the will of God, how you can conquer, become a conqueror, become more than a conqueror is what scripture says in understanding that you and God are more than enough. So let's continue talking about transition. The life of Moses teaches us these fantastic principles. When we look at Moses and he's in the house of Jethro, we now begin to look at the journey. Now, what is it about the journey? The favorite part, I believe, of a really, really good vacation is three things. Number one, it's who you go with. A vacation is not a great vacation unless you have someone you really want to travel with. You need, you need friends. You need someone to laugh with. You need people around you that pull out of you the joy or the tears, the adventure, the exploration, the desire to sit on the beach together or climb to the top of a mountain. You need people around you who, you know, if you like Water with no ice cubes, you need friends who like water with no ice cubes. But when we talk about this, let's talk. You've got Moses leaving Jethro's house, and he's learning what he should have never learned. Hear me that. He's discovering what he should have never known so that God can teach him a new way of thinking. But the beauty of the journey, what's the journey about? The journey is about, number one, who do you walk with? So part of what's going on in people's lives right now is God is helping you to discover who you walk with on the journey will determine the joy, the level of frustration, the level of exploration, the level of breakthrough. Who are you walking with on your journey? Oh, if you walk with people that continually frustrate you and weary you and work your nerves and make you want to pull out your hair and, you know, some of you don't know, I used to have an afro. I lost my afro because of the people who were on my journey with me years ago. I mean, I am now afro-less because of the people who were on my journey. So now I'm discovering that who you walk with matters. So as you're walking on the journey, my question to you is who is surrounding you? It takes a while, sometimes it takes months, sometimes it takes years. For some people it took decades to discover that who you surround yourself with matters. Are you constantly surrounded with dream killers? Are you surrounded by those who all they do is speak negativity into your life? They always speak fear and unbelief. And every time you talk about you wanna go out and change the world and you wanna do business and be an entrepreneur and they say, no, you need to work for that same place you've always worked for because what if the economy goes down and you don't have that insurance from your job? And so every time you speak about hope, I'm not saying ignore wisdom, I'm not saying don't have a good plan, I'm saying they refuse to see the possibility of a dream because their own fear speaks louder than their faith. Are you surrounded by the dream killers? Are you surrounded by people who just refuse 
to believe there's greater than what they've known. Are you surrounded by those who I call them the naysayers? The naysayers aren't just the dream killers. They are the ones who their answer to everything is no, no. Do you think we can kill a giant? No. Do you think we can build a new house? No. Do you think we should go on that vacation? No, no, no. Planes are falling and people shoot people in those countries and you should never go there. Do you think we should move across town? No, we've had this house since Truman was president. This house has been in the family. We should stay here even though the floorboards are rotten and there's people living in your attic and stuff is falling through. To... It's the mindset of fear. It's the mindset of compromise. It's the mindset that even though God says we can have more, we'd rather stay small than try to be great because we don't want to fail. The fear of failure is a horrible master. It's an evil prison to live in. It's to shackle yourself to your past and never open yourself to your freedom. It's to live in a prison of your own making. The fear of failure. So Moses now has to recognize that God has snatched him out of Egypt, where for 40 years he had friends and connections and people he ran with. He went to school in the school of Egypt with friends from the house of Pharaoh that he grew up with. He had cousins and a sibling, so-called sibling, like a step family in the house of Pharaoh. Pharaoh's sister takes him in. She's raising him like her own. She's raising him like her child. They've made him part of the royal family. So he now is snatched from 40 years of relationships and dumped in the desert. And now he's got to build new relationships. For some of you, transition requires new relationships. So what do you do when the first thing you realize that's necessary for your journey is you've got to look around you and ask yourself, am I connected to the people God wants me connected to? You are called to love everyone, minister to some, and walk with a few. I'm going to say that again. The call of God, the kingdom of God requires that you love all, minister to some, walk with a few. Most people are weary and worn out and never reach their destiny and never graduate transition because they treat everyone in their world with the same level of access. So everyone that surrounds you, you treat them as though you want them to be your best friends, your next brother and sister, because you're desperately in need of not being lonely. So that loneliness has eroded your sense of discernment and you let people in too far for too long and you give them too much access and too much permission because out of the brokenness of a childhood where you never understood your value, you are throwing your arms wide open to a world that you think are going to surround you like dolphins playing in the shallow water and they're looking at you like sharks in the middle of a feeding frenzy. Those bites you keep getting are not because your friends are evil, but because they were never your friends from the beginning. So now in transition, while your world is changing, while your family is changing, while you are changing, the first thing you've got to do is reassess your friendships. Who has God put around you? Who do you discern really sees you? 
who loves you for who you are. Who sees you deep enough to value you, but also sees your future potential great enough to challenge you on the days when you're ready to be stuck? Who has God put in your life that you're supposed to be a support system for, supposed to help them and strengthen them? Because remember, you are the Moses of your story, but you are the friends in someone else's story. You're not Moses to every man. You're Moses for you. In someone else's story, you are the access, the friendship, the support for them. They are the Moses in their story. So these questions have to be wrestled with in times of transition because if you don't understand that your relationships matter, you will live your life trying to get people to love you who never intended to change. So I believe most people don't reach their destiny, not because the devil is so loud or God has forgotten them. It's because they surround themselves with people who tie themselves like anchors to a ship that should have been sailing wide on the open sea. So right now in your world, who are you supposed to tie yourself to? We call that covenant. Who are you supposed to walk beside? We call that friendship. Who are you supposed to minister to? That's the kingdom. And who are you supposed to avoid? Those are the storms. And who are you supposed to let sink their own ship? Because they have repeatedly, continually blown up their world. And you repeatedly, continually jump in the bottom of their mess to pull them out. And it's cost you years, money, and peace. So the first thing you've got to do is assess relationships, the journey. The second thing on this beautiful idea of vacation or the idea of transition that is necessary for you as you're journeying out into life, you need the right people around you. The second thing you need around you is a good plan. Uh, Now, I I love the idea that when we're walking through life in transition, you can just Whatever comes up next, I love that Mary Poppins kind of style where you can just float by the umbrella and you end up where you think you need to be. But the problem with that is if you've got the right people around you, the right people can only stay with you if they understand where you're going. Because you will frustrate every good relationship if you never have any idea where you're going next. I'm not talking about the legalistic idea that you have to be controlled by a calendar, a plan, or what you have dreamed when you were five years old, and that's what you have to do when you're 50. I'm saying Moses had to know from this house, Jethro's house, you are going to become a shepherd. So God is training him so he can only have some peace with these new friends because he has a new vision a new assignment. What are you learning in this hour? What are you gaining in this hour? Where are you going? The friendships, now the vision. What is God saying? Stop looking for the ultimate vision. When you look for the ultimate vision, you're looking for the great assignment and reason for your life upon the planet Earth. That becomes that overwhelming sense of burden where you need someone to either prophesy to you or you need a dream or a vision or you need someone to break into your world and tell you you are going to be the next Martin Luther King Jr. or the next Susan B. Anthony or the next. Stop it. Could you be just the next great version of you? Could you just be the guy or the woman who enters their friends' lives and brings a little more peace, a little more joy, 
a little more hope than they had yesterday. Can you just shepherd the people around you? That was Moses' next assignment. Shepherd what's around you. So we're going to change your friendships. We're going to change your assignment. Stop trying to lead the world and just shepherd those close to you. And the last piece that you get on this journey before you encounter the next great season, while you're in transition, learn your next assignment. Shepherd the ones around you. Learn your new relationships. Let go of the toxic. Hold on to the good. But now the third thing. Woo, here's where we have fun. Figure out that you're not who you used to be. Oh, ho, ho. that's where the party starts. That's where the balloons and the streamers come up. I'm telling you right now, that's where you get them to deliver a cake with your name on it and by yourself, dance around the house, blow out the candles, pat yourself on the back, give yourself a present, take yourself to the spa, get, a, get your own massage, and then after the massage, high five yourself and say, oh, we look good today. You have to celebrate you. And what's keeping most people from finishing transition is in transition while you're asking yourself the 10,000 questions, while you're grieving the friends you lost instead of celebrating the new ones you gained, while you're weeping over all the things you didn't know instead of thanking God for the new education he's giving you. We look in the mirror and all we do is think about where we were. And I don't have what I had and I don't feel like I have received anything. What happens to people who get into what they call that constant warfare with themselves, identity crisis? What's going on is that you've never fallen in love with you. The greatest sorrow on the planet is when you hate you in the face of a God who adores you. Moses in transition, when God finally meets with Moses, Moses starts to explain to God all the stuff he can't do and why he's not worthy. But let's stop right here. He gets to Jethro's house. Jethro, without knowing much about him, says, I'm going to make you a son. I'm going to let you marry my daughter. I'm going to teach you the ways of God. I'm going to sit you beside me and eat a meal with you. Jethro, the priest of the Lord. And Moses had never met a Hebrew priest. So the priest takes in an Egyptian murderer. The priest takes in someone who's been rejected. The priest takes in someone who's been cast out. This is the image and story of Christ our Savior revolutionizing your world. This is what it means to be in transition and to come through transition greatly and access your destiny, you've got to let the priest of God teach you how to see yourself brand new. So what did the priest do for us? Just like what Jethro did for Moses, sit at my table. So you're sitting with Christ in heavenly places. Eat my food. So we've been given the bread of communion and the wine of joy. Talk with me. He gave us access through prayer to call the Father our Father and to call the Son our brother and the Holy Spirit our teacher. Rest where I rest so that the tent of Moses became staked in the ground right beside the tent of Jethro. So now I'm sleeping beside the priest. What does that mean? And he leads me in green pastures beside still water. 
He walks me through identity. He walks me into a place of ownership. He lets you sleep in identity. You used to wrestle with yourself. Now you sleep in his presence. Then he gives you a new assignment. He now took you from being a sinner, a broken person, an addict, someone who was drinking every night and sleeping around to find peace, someone who is known as a millionaire or someone who is known as the guy that lost the company, someone who is known as a woman of honor or someone who is known as a woman who slept her way to the top. However, they have named you. That died the moment you met the priest. And when you met the priest, he did something beautiful. He told you, you are now worthy of taking care of my sheep. Think about that. That's the power of this glorious new identity, that your identity of you died. But now he says, see yourself like I see you. On the road of transition, you must gain a new perspective not simply about God, but most importantly about you. Can you see yourself like he sees you? What good is transition if you get to the next place and you're still broken in your mind? What good is transition if you get promoted to be the head of the company instead of simply the manager of a department? Is when you get to be the head, you still question if you're good enough to be there. What good is transition is if you started out alone. Now you have a wife and children. Now you have a husband and a family. But every night when you go to bed, you think to yourself before you breathe that last breath and go to sleep. The last thought in your mind is, oh, God, I hope I don't lose it all. Transition is not fully completed until you lose the fear of the old you robbing the new you of where you're going. You have to see yourself like he sees you. So what's the last little piece that Moses gained in this journey of transition? Moses, who are you? I am a shepherd, a son of Jethro, the husband of Zipporah. And I am anointed by the priest to know the Lord God Almighty. That's a whole different understanding that at the end of those 40 years, he started out, I am a murderer, a leader from Egypt, a cast off from the Hebrew nation. I was thrown away by my mother, caught by Pharaoh's house, taught in their system, Rejected by both. That's what he thought when he first got to the desert. His beginning of transition was a warfare with himself. But the end of transition is I am a servant of God. Have you allowed God to change your mind? Have you allowed God to heal your identity? If you haven't, your journey in the desert is not done. You've got to keep going through the steps. What are the steps? You need to get up every day and say, oh, God, show me who I am. You need to get up every day and say, I am who he says I am, and then speak the scripture over yourself. 
you need to remember that no one gets there alone. No one makes it overnight. No one reaches their destiny without scars. No one becomes great without some wounds along the way. So you don't run from the pain nor the process, but you enter into it and engage it. So engage the process of letting wrong friendships go, of getting rid of toxic communication. Right now, today, some of you need to unfriend some folk on your accounts and just be done with it. Stop that toxic information coming into you. You need to block some people from your phone number and stop taking it. I don't care if they're family members. You need to just write them and say, I love you. But until we learn how to communicate in a healthy manner, we're not going to be talking anytime soon. You need to detoxify your soul. Secondly, you need to recognize that you do have an assignment, even if you don't know what you would call your great destiny. What's your assignment? The sheep that he loves, the people that God created are all around you. So love them in any way you can find. Give them hope in every way that you can, and bring him to them every single opportunity you are afforded. What's this last thing on your journey that you've got to focus on? Every day you must, write, you must find out, remember, and remind yourself, you are who he says you are. Just that simple. I don't care what your mind says. I don't care what the nightmares tell you. I don't care what all of the people remind you of. They keep bringing the snapshots of your past. God keeps playing the movie of your future. You have to choose which one to believe. Stop looking at those old pictures. Do you know what I've discovered? The Lord said to me the other day. He said, nothing from your past requires faith. In the kingdom of God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Nothing from your past requires faith. Therefore, everything in your past, now hear this, the Bible says anything you do that doesn't require faith, that's not mixed with faith, it is sin. Ah! So that means all that looking back you keep doing, you're actually sinning against your new nature in God. <laughs> you're sinning against what God said about you. All that energy you put into wrestling with who you used to be, is an insult to the cross. Why? When you look at a picture of your old home, it requires no faith. You live there. You know what it looked like. So your mind simply agrees. There's no faith in that. You know, that's where I live. That was my address. That's where I was. But when you see a blueprint or a sketch from the artist that's designing your future home, that they're just now breaking the ground for. That requires faith. You put faith in what is coming, but is not yet realized. It requires faith to see the finished work God promised you is coming. It requires no faith at all to look back and weep over what has been. You're on a journey. You're in transition. And so I call you this week. Look at the blueprint God has given you. Dream of the life that he has promised you. Make the first step toward your tomorrow and stop walking backwards over what faith will not speak to you about. Faith does not speak about graveyards. Faith does not speak about caskets. Faith does not speak about tombs. Faith speaks about resurrection. 
Faith speaks about thrones and faith speaks about freedom. Let your faith aim you toward your destiny. Look for new friendships and celebrate them. Release the old. Make room for your new assignment. Love everyone around you. Find a way to bless them and stop being bitter over those that left. And celebrate whoever God has said you are in this hour. And if you don't know, read the scripture. It will give you a beautiful picture of your new identity. That is the journey you're on. That's the transition he's called you to. And if you can do that this week, you are with Moses on transition, in transition, through transition. You're on a journey to greatness and you just didn't know it. We bless you. We speak life over you. I encourage you. Be strong. Be encouraged. Be full of faith. Shake off yesterday's doubts. Grab on to tomorrow's hope and stand in the faith of God. This is Michael Dalton simply encouraging you that you can be who God said you are. Because if he didn't mean it, he'd have never said it. Be blessed in Jesus' name. This has been Prophetic Edge with Michael Dalton. If this episode has blessed you, please consider sharing it with someone. For more information, ministry dates, and to sow into the ministry, please visit yes-ministries.com. 